0: Time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us. It is a Friday edition of Midday, so that's always good. That means we're going to do some things that we usually do, like Fridays in the Field and Al Dutcher. We'll hear about those things coming up in just a little bit. Our roundtable discussion begins things off. Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, Susan Littlefield all are here to talk about what their department has coming up. Let's start it off with Susan. Susan?
1: Well, thanks, Scott, and happy Friday to everybody. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. Shaley will kick everything off with Al Dutcher here at 1219. It's Friday. Got to find out what that weather is all going to do. Then at 1245, Ken Hers joins me. He is, of course, president of the Nebraska Cattlemen. He sat through that six-hour-plus meeting when it came to live cattle marketing. We'll talk more about what came out of that meeting. And wrapping everything up, we'll head out with Alex to the field because it's FBNO's Friday in the field. That's the midday from the farm team. And by the way, enjoy your weekend. All right. Thanks
0: a lot, Susan. You too. Let's uh, turn it over to the sports department now. And Jason Jorgensen's here. NBA got started last night. A couple tight games, too.
2: Yeah, it was a little odd watching
0: those games. Uh Especially their, what six foot tall virtual fans <laughs> I didn't I, uh, yeah they were that was different looking it's uh, uh, they got it pulled off yeah they uh, did uh, we don't know if the big ten and college football will be pulled off
2: or not uh, report from the Big Ten commissioner out to the schools that uh, within the next five days they'll decide might need to decide before that because a week from today is when at least Nebraska's football players were supposed to report for camp so the that uh, bewitching hour is, is coming up. We've been talking about this all summer long. At, at some point, yeah. they'll have to make a decision whether they're going to try to give it a go or not. And even if they do give it a go, there's, there's no guarantee it will happen. You look at Major League Baseball, yeah. uh, another COVID test. Uh, they've delayed the home opener for the Brewers against the
0: Cardinals because a couple of Cardinals have tested positive. Well, you look at some of the teams are saying, no, we're not going to go to Miami. You know That's where it's really hitting now. And so, yeah, boy tough. Royals tonight will throw out one of their uh, young guns, uh,
2: Mr. Bubich, who uh, last year led all of major leagues, or all the minors, with strikeouts. He's never pitched above the Class A level before, but the Royals have had some openings in that uh, starting pitching lineup, so uh, he gets to start against the White Sox.
0: There's something you don't see every day. Somebody no, from just A. skips double A
2: and triple A, but in this shortened season, and who knows if it goes past...
0: Tonight or
2: tomorrow. Right. I'll
3: just
0: throw him out there tonight and see what happens. What's it? Do you happen to know what the single A affiliate for the Royals is? I can't think who that is. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I used to. I know double okay. A is Arkansas. Right. Though. And then Omaha. Okay. All right. Very good. Sorry <laughs> about that. Thank you, Jason. Right. I appreciate it. Let's uh, turn it over to Bob Brogan. Uh, stocks uh, kind of mixed again today, Bob.
4: Yeah. Strong gains for big tech stocks uh, helped. Prop up Wall Street in early trading, but uh, things are kind of looking down in the dumps right now, wherever the dumps are. Um, <laughs> I'll give the,
0: you a couple ideas, but go ahead. Yeah, the, uh,
4: <laughs> wherever they put dumps. Um, but anyway, the S&P 500 was one-tenth percent higher on track to close out its fourth straight winning month. Meanwhile, American consumers increased their spending in June by a solid 5.6%, and wages and benefits for U.S. workers rose at the slowest pace in three years in the April-June quarter. Those are some of the stories that we're watching.
0: All right, very good. Thank you. That's all coming up on Mid- 11.44. (laughs) Time for us to take a look at our Weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. We got Paul Perkins in here with us, and boy, did you dial up some nice weather today! My
5: goodness, and it's going to stay that way for away for a while, so that we're going to take that.
0: Uh, oh, just gorgeous. 70, if you can do 75 and sunny in uh, August <laughs> or late
5: July, we will take it. exactly. And that humidity also a lot lower, the dew points currently into the low 60s, but yeah, very comfortable temperatures right now. Mainly in the mid to upper 70s across the area. 80, the warm spot right now in Valentine and 81 in Ray, Colorado. But once again, most of us in the mid to upper 70s. Cloud cover right now, the thickest over the Nebraska Panhandle, eastern areas of Nebraska Panhandle, from north of Alliance down to about the Sydney area. And that's thanks to a little bit of light rain that popped up earlier this morning. A lot of sunshine right now from north central into west central and southwest Nebraska in the very northwest corner of Kansas. Otherwise, if you're along and southeast of Alliance from O'Neill down to Ord, Lexington, and Norton, Kansas. Some sunny to partly cloudy skies, and still a little bit of thick cloud cover over the southeast part of Nebraska and northeast Kansas. But all in all, a very nice day across the region today. Mainly sunny with some slightly cooler than normal temperatures. We'll see those in, amounts of sunshine increase as the day goes on. Weak high pressure will slip to the south and keep our winds north. Northerly and on the light side, light tonight through tomorrow. Looking at the possibility of some thunderstorms with the cold front moving through. Severe weather, not likely, with rain amounts less than a quarter inch. Once again, that chance of some thunderstorms and rain for late tonight into tomorrow. By tomorrow evening, those showers will quickly wrap up across northern Kansas. Clear skies and drier air moving in for tomorrow night with a steady northerly breeze. Now, for Sunday through Tuesday, looking at less humid conditions and comfortable daytime temperatures, maybe you want to give that AC a break and your electric bill a bit of a break. As temperatures look to be about 10 degrees lower than average for Sunday through Tuesday, thunderstorm chances return the mid to late part of next week with increasing moisture from a southerly flow and some disturbances. Wednesday and Thursday temperatures will be slightly warmer but still remain cooler than usual. In the long-term forecast, overall temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas expected to be seasonal to slightly cooler than normal for Wednesday through the 13th of August. Central Nebraska average daytime highs during that time start to cool into the mid-80s with average overnight lows in the low 60s. Rainfall predicted to be near normal to slightly above normal for Wednesday through August 13th for Nebraska and Kansas. Key weather factors for the markets are mixed rain chances across the Midwest and limited rain for dry areas of Russia, Us- unusually cool. Air for this time of year will blanket areas east of the Rockies. In the southern Midwest, moderate to heavy rain through the weekend will lead to some flooding. Overall, the rain will favor crops now in the filling stage. Scattered rain will move through the Midwest for tomorrow through Tuesday. Dry areas of Iowa and Michigan, though, will only see limited rain. The southern plains will see periods of isolated rain this weekend through next week. Mainly over the west and north, the showers will benefit reproductive to filling corn. Temperatures will remain below to well below normal in the southern plains through much of next week northern plains crop areas mostly dry in the next five days with those below normal temperatures conditions that favor spring wheat and row crops light rain is predicted for the northern plains about five to seven days from now for the black sea region through central asia Crop stress from dryness continues in the Volga region of Russia. Any showers that spread across eastern areas through Sunday will be welcome for the corn. It may be the only rain for another week. Rain chances much better across the western third of the Black Sea region.
0: All right. Very good. Sounds like a very nice weekend. Uh, Get a chance to get out and enjoy it hopefully
5: exactly uh some limited rain chances coming up uh hopefully maybe some areas that didn't get in on some of the rain will get some of it but that's probably not looking too promising but overall you know the next 14 days looking pretty good as far as uh, comfortable temperatures and maybe some hint and miss, some rain chances coming up
0: okay all right very good thank you paul i appreciate it where do you go to check in on your weather
5: weather tab krvn.com Imagine
2: this, a brand new 2020 Chevrolet Blazer just sitting in your driveway this fall. You know, you can make it happen when you register to win with KRBN, The River and Cami, Heartland Chevrolet and Buick, Lexington, Nutrien Ag Solutions, Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC with 43 locations serving Nebraska and Lexington Regional Health Center. Are all blazing new trails this summer and giving you more ways to enter to win. Look for the blazer at summer events, register at participating businesses, and for the first time, you can register at
4: krvn.com. Visit Central Valley Irrigation Holdridge, Cornerstone Bank in Hildreth, Stromsburg, and Bradshaw, and Nebraska Land Tire Center McCook to register to win a 2020 Chevy blazer from Nebraska Rural Radio.
6: time again this week that we get to visit with our nebraska extension agricultural climatologist al dutcher i am Shaylee peters joining you back here on the rural radio network and al we saw some rain falling across parts of the state that certainly needed it and then also a bit of a cool down here towards the end of this week what can we expect headed into this weekend and next week weather wise
7: well i think the biggest term of of this next seven day period is going to be the temperatures and we're definitely going to be running on the cool side we got a large upper air trough is very deep for this time of the year, almost resembles late August, early September type period. And then we've got the tropical system that's coming into the Bahamas and then eventually we'll skirt floor and then move off along the eastern seaboard before going out to sea. That's going to get hooked up with this trough and that's going to prevent it from really making much of Outside of that, it doesn't look like much for the opportunity for moisture, and then we stay fairly dry for a couple days as that high-pressure ridge from the southwest tries to build into our region, brings us back up into the lower to mid-80s as we get into the midweek period, particularly in western Nebraska. And then we see another piece of uh, upper air trough trying to move along the Canadian border and reinforcing the upper air trough that's situated over the Great Lakes. That's the biggest uncertainty as we go forward, because as that system slowly moves across, Canada's going to pull up a frontal boundary across the Dakotas. Maybe try to be generating some thunderstorm activity in the Panhandle Wednesday afternoon, moving that more into central eastern Nebraska as we go into Thursday. It doesn't look like a widespread event. Now, the difference in 24 hours in the models is, is on Friday they had a big fairly decent precipitation event over eastern Nebraska, and the models have completely shifted that over almost one full state, so now we're looking at Iowa getting the benefit of that. There's the uncertainty in the forecast going forward, and we'll have to pay attention to see whether that backs up back over to eastern Nebraska because it could be beneficial to some of the drier areas, particularly northeast and east-central Nebraska. But more importantly, as we go into the future, the, the at least from the GFS model, um, they do try to bring that warmth back in, but they only hold it for a few days, and we get into the mid-month period, and we see another cold spell moving into the northern plains. as another upper air trough pivots toward the Great Lakes. So once again, we're not getting long extended periods of heat. We're not getting great widespread precipitation events in some of the areas that need it, but we are getting precipitation, and that's helping to carry us somewhat. And the cooler temperature should help us to offset some of the stresses out there. But the moisture profile in a lot of these locations really deserves a good two to three inch rainfall event, which we just can't seem to get a hold of. Further out, I will draw everybody's attention to this tropical system coming the Florida. This is the ninth system of the year already. We typically average 12. We're right on pace to get close to the two I believe it's a 2005 year when we had all the significant weather. We haven't even hit our peak hurricane season yet. My suspicion is that we're going to be well above normal, and my suspicion also is is that we're going to have some major problems somewhere on the Gulf Coast or eastern seaboard before this is all said and done with this tropical system season.
6: Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
4: It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason.
2: Hey, thanks. Well, football teams around the Big Ten are scheduled to begin preseason camp one week from today, but whether that will happen is still up in the air. According to a letter sent yesterday to Big Ten athletic directors by Commissioner Kevin Warren, a decision on whether preseason camp will begin as currently scheduled will be made within the next five days. Now, per the letter, the Big Ten remains hopeful to compete this fall in a number of sports, including football, volleyball, and men's and women's soccer. Now, it's being done with the understanding that the league must operate in a manner that seeks to address the challenges that COVID-19 presents. The most likely plan for football would be 10 games starting on September 5th with three to five open dates to allow for the possibility of teams having to quarantine for 10 days or more. Omaha's Andy Sajovic repeated the feat he accomplished nearly 10 years ago, charging in the final round to win the 112th Nebraska Amateur Championship at Happy Hollow. Sajovic, believe it or not, won his first Nebraska Amateur 10 years ago on that course. Caleb Bedura of Aurora finished sixth. McCook native Brandon Crick had a good day yesterday in the first round of the Pinnacle Bank Championship in Omaha. His 4-under 67 has him one shot off the lead after the first round of the Corn Ferry Tour stop at Indian Creek. An investigative report has found that the Iowa football program has suffered from racial bias against black players and bullying by a small number of current and former coaches. Coach Kirk Ferentz, the longest-tenured head coach in college football, is expected to keep his job. The report found that many players believe he's already made several positive changes. Royals manager Mike Matheny has announced that pitching prospect Chris Bubek will be the starter tonight at home against the Chicago White Sox. Now, Bubic was the 40th overall pick of the 2018 draft and will be making his Major League debut. 22-year-old lefty led all of the minor leagues in strikeouts a year ago with 185. Now all of the news in Major League Baseball is not good. The Brewers have confirmed that today's opener against the Cardinals has been postponed because there were two positive tests in the Cardinals' organization. They are self-isolating at their team hotel. The league says tomorrow's game is hoped to be played at 6:10. Today's game will be rescheduled as part of a traditional doubleheader for one hundred ten on Sunday. That's a look at sports. For more, check it out anytime at krvn.com.
8: Former State Senator Elroy Hefner of Coleridge, one of the conservatives dubbed Thone Clones, was remembered as a caring and considerate legislator. Hefner, who represented his Northeast Nebraska district from 1976 to 1993 died Sunday at his home from apparent natural causes. He was 96. Hefner, a Republican, was one of a group of conservative senators who were called the Thone clones because their views aligned well with former Governor Charlie Thone, who was governor from 1979 to 1983. Creighton Senator Tim Gregert introduced a legislative resolution honoring Hefner for his service and commitment. Police say a roadside volunteer who was helping clear debris from a south Omaha road was fatally hit by a car. Omaha police and the Nebraska State Patrol say the crash happened yesterday on the John F. Kennedy Freeway. Seventy-year-old John Holcomb of Omaha was clearing debris from an earlier crash when he was hit by a southbound car and thrown into a grass embankment. Medics pronounced Holcomb dead at the scene. The patrol says Holcomb was working as motorist assist volunteer when he was hit. Police say the 38-year-old woman driving the car that hit Holcomb was not injured. As the Nebraska unicameral continues towards the final days, District 16 Senator Ben Hansen says not only does the chamber look different, the feeling inside the chamber is different than when they left in March.
2: It's kind of unusual. It seems like there's a lot more emotion on the floor now and it might be because of some of the um, social issues we're having right now and some of the unrest and the you know the frustration with COVID and um, I think it's just starting to kind of boil over a little bit now and and you are starting to see it in some of the centers and their attitude I guess and how they debate and how they talk with each
8: other. Hanson says property tax reform is still a high priority. He hopes to achieve a compromise to pass meaningful property tax reform and also move on a tax incentives bill this year. A western Kansas mayor who had not been wearing a mask says he has tested positive for COVID-19. Scott City Mayor Everett Green says he may have caught the virus at a political event for a state senator on July 18th. Green said on a Facebook post that he tested positive earlier this week. He had what he thought was seasonal allergies for a few weeks, but got tested after losing his senses of smell and taste over the weekend. Green says it's likely he'll wear a mask after he finishes a 14-day quarantine at home. Scott City is about 36 miles north of Garden City. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder.
1: The best description of grassroots taking place this week at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's summer meeting. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network. And what I'm talking about is the Live Cattle Marketing Committee. That committee met for over six hours as they worked through disagreements and discussions, had meetings in the back of the room, in the room, to be able to come together for a consensus for all cattle producers. Ken Hers is president of the Nebraska Cattlemen. He stopped by the media room right after the committee wrapped up to share his thoughts.
3: Uh, sure, Susan, thanks an awful lot. It was an incredible meeting. Um, it, it, it did take quite a while. Um, one of the biggest uh, topics of discussion was uh, robust uh, price discovery. And there's basically two camps out there. There's a the camp out there that doesn't want any Government interference, no mandates or anything like that. There's another camp out there that would like to that that says that we can't get road bus price discovery because nobody will play the game and and participate in cash negotiated prices. So you had these two camps out there, and there was two competing uh, amendments out there. Uh, that uh, were going to be presented. And when one amendment was presented, the other camp tried to make amendments to that amendment to make it more like theirs. So they uh, tabled that one, and they went back to the second amendment. And the other side made amendments to that amendment to make it like theirs. And so there was, uh, you know, it was kind of an impasse. And uh, Stephen Sunderman called a recess um, midway through the afternoon and um, it was a very timely recess um, at, the, uh, by the, at the start of the recess there was a group gathered at the back of the room the real, if you will, the players the, the, the people that were really involved in this discussion and you could see that the talk was going on about okay how do we, how do we satisfy both sides because both sides were, were wanting robust price discovery it's just a question about whether it's mandated or not. And uh, so <clears throat> they came together and they talked about that. Pretty soon that group was in the middle of the room talking uh, and continued the talk. In the end, they ended up clearing in the front of the room. And they it's just like a bunch of cowboys. They uh, find it much easier just talking together, solving the problems, rather than going through some type of, of um, robber's rules of orders of motions and stuff like this. In the end, they came up with a, a uh, solution, as you, if you will, that uh, what they would do is that there would be a voluntary type of uh, see if we could get robust price discovery voluntarily. But there was also uh, part of that solution was that if that wasn't achieved, that there was going to be a, a subcommittee put together uh, that had to be uh, uh, together by October 1st and set dates and times of when we had to have so much negotiated cash prices. And if those times weren't met, then we would start looking at mandatory uh, uh, negotiated uh, cash prices so in the end both sides came up with what they wanted and it was just a great great process I'm really proud of Nebraska cattlemen and of NCBA
1: So for a cattle producer listening you describe everything that just happened this meeting in the long short of it what does it mean to them right now
3: um, well wh- Uh, The thing is, is that that hopefully that as we go through this, it'll take a little bit of time. But once everybody becomes aware of this, of um, the policy that's there, uh, hopefully that everybody uh, from the packers to the to the feedlot operators will understand that we have to have so much cash negotiated price in every region. And hopefully they understand that if they don 't get this done on a voluntary basis it's going to become mandated uh, it's it's been it's been a, a, a pretty uh, 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 i guess very fruitful uh, few days here at uh, at in Denver. I don't like wearing the mask around all the time, Um, but, you know, it's something we have to put up with. I'll be glad to get back to Nebraska where I say we are naturally social distanced and I don't have to wear them. So, But I think it was um, really beneficial for us to be here and meet in person.
1: Those comments coming from Nebraska Cattlemen's President, Ken hers Well, a small delegation of Nebraska Cattlemen made a big influence on national policy decisions in Denver this week during the NCBA Summer Business Meeting. The week began with policy developed and submitted by Nebraska Cattlemen members in the Animal Health and Wellbeing Committee. That policy directs NCBA to work with stakeholders to develop the materials needed to assist cattlemen in preparing for foreign animal disease challenges in the United States. Also, members were among those leading conversations during that six hours of debate to identify a policy that would address industry-wide concerns, as you heard Ken just talking about. A great representation of cattlemen from all across the country. I'm Susan Littlefield, Rural Radio Network.
4: With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Some gains for big tech stocks helped to prop up Wall Street in early trading following blowout profit reports from some of the market's most influential companies. The S&P 500 was one-tenth percent higher on track to close out its fourth straight winning month. Despite the steadiness, caution was still clearly present across markets as the pandemic continues to cloud the economy's prospects. The 10-year Treasury yield hovered close to its lowest level since it dropped to a record low in March. Gold also briefly rose above $2,000 per ounce, while nearly three out of four stocks in the S&P 500 were lower. American consumers increased their spending in June by a solid 5.6%, helping regain some of the record plunge that occurred after the coronavirus struck hard in March and paralyzed the economy. But the virus's resurgence in much of the country could impede further gains. Last month's rise in consumer spending followed a seasonally adjusted 8.5% surge in May after spending had plunged plunged the previous two months when the pandemic shuttered businesses, caused tens of millions of layoffs, and sent the economy into a recession. Wages and benefits for U.S. workers rose at the slowest pace in three years in the April-June quarter, A sign that businesses are holding back on pay as well as cutting jobs in the coronavirus recession. Pay and benefits increased five tenths percent in the second quarter, according to the government's Employment Cost Index. That is down from eight tenths percent in the first three months of the year. Amazon is one step closer to space. The online shopping giant received government approval to put more than 3,200 satellites into orbit that would beam down Internet service to Earth. Amazon said the satellites could provide Internet to parts of the world that don't have it. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rugel
1: Friday in the Fields is back with the farm team here on the Rural Radio Network, brought to you by First National Bank. Hi,
0: this is Chad Moyer, and for Fridays in the Field from northeast Nebraska, we'll be visiting with North Bend area farmer Chuck Emanuel. He and his son, Nick, farm both in Dodge and Colfax counties.
6: Join me in East Central Nebraska as I follow Mark Dufek from Seward. Mark grows corn, soybeans, and hay, and he teaches agronomy and ag mechanics courses at Southeast Community College in Beatrice. Greetings from the Panhandle of Nebraska. I'm
1: Chebella Guzman, and on Fridays this summer, we'll be chatting with Paul Pieper of Mitchell On dry edible beans, corn, and more. So be sure to tune in every Friday during the midday for Fridays in the Field, brought to you by First National Bank. If you miss it on air, don't worry. You can catch it as a podcast as well through our website at ruralradio.com and also the video link as well to see what our farmers are up to. It's Fridays in the Field on the Rural Radio Network.
6: It's time for this week's edition of Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. The story this week, being thankful for the rain, but recovering from heavy winds. We're traveling back to east central Nebraska to catch up with Mark Dufek. He farms near Dwight, Nebraska, which is just north of Seward, and he shares what Mother Nature has brought in his area.
9: We've been really fortunate here in the last probably week and a half, two weeks. You know, we've had... 2.6 2.6 inches of rain. You know, here recently, we just had another 60 hundreds hundredths on uh, Sunday. So actually, we're picking up those timely rains. And so we're pretty fortunate in the dry land area. You know, a few weeks ago, we did have some high winds that caused some problems with the corn, had a lot, some green snap. Uh, some areas are worse than others. And so it did definitely reduce our stand counts, uh, had a lot of tree damage to clean up, so we've been working on that. So we have to take the good with the bad. You know, we get the rain, but we have maybe some adverse weather conditions sometimes that go along with that.
6: And one particular storm in the area that struck a couple weeks ago just before the corn was getting ready to tassel caused some green snap, and Mark said that this has had an impact on the pollination.
9: Some of it snapped off, you know, maybe two feet off the ground, you know, some of it laid over, but the amount of damage varies in different parts of the field too. I've heard anywhere, you know, producers have says, you know, maybe anywhere from ten to thirty percent damage. You go further south of here, as high as seventy percent. I saw some fields that they even dissed under because they had such high uh, damage. So it varies. Even though it did reduce our stand counts, I think we are setting ourselves up here with Mother Nature if we continue to catch some timely rains, I think we'll still be okay and have some decent crops.
6: Right now, Mark said that one of his main focuses is monitoring insects and other pests in the fields.
9: I've seen some planes flying, I think there's some people spraying fungicides. Uh, I'm sure there's some insects out there. From what I've scouted uh, in the fields, I don't see too much problems in the corn, you know, like gossips will and, and, and some of those. In the soybeans, we're kind of mainly looking for those insects and, and those things. Haven't seen a lot. So I think hopefully we'll kind of be okay Uh, I talked to a neighbor and he says that he did have to spray some of of his corn irrigated corn further away other than that um, I think hopefully you know we'll escape a lot of that pressure.
6: And Mark also said the early planting this year provided some benefits thus far compared to the same time last year.
9: Well I went and looked through some of the beans we got a lot of flowering going on now so it's you know since we we were able to plant a lot of our crops you know maybe on a timely manner this year or maybe earlier everything's looking pretty good things are progressing well like i said i think we're setting ourselves up for possibly a little bit earlier earlier harvest
6: That again is Mark Dufek. He farms just north of Seward, Nebraska, and he says some of his next steps include preparing his equipment for harvest. Now, remember that Mark also teaches courses at Southeast Community College in Beatrice. He teaches agronomy and ag mechanics, and he said that they'll have a plan as to what they're doing in the fall come August 10th when they report. This has been Fridays in the Field brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. I'm Alec Wachowski reporting on the Rural Radio Network.
10: Play fan on the world Radio Network. Now let's talk with John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zach Marketing, Chicago publisher of the newsletter this week in grain and John, actually we're going to end green across the board here, but really not some strong strength. So what do we see maybe coming up next week? more selling?
11: Well, you know I, I don't think the market, in the case of corn is going to get a like real parabolic here. It's hard to think we're going to shoot down to like three dollars. I just very short term, you know, there just isn't the need to sell. I mean, there's going to need to be a need to sell, but I think at least folks probably have some options down there. Um, so I just want to choppy, choppy trade, maybe even a little bit of a pushback up to where we, we open this week. I, I just, I think corn obviously is, you know, the supply seems to be there. Weather is not a concern at this point, but you know, there are a few things that could pop up here to to push up those shorts. One of them could be just liquidations and soybeans. Um, China didn't buy beans on the fourth straight day um, after, you know, they've been on a pretty good move of late. So four days in a row and no purchases, That I'm going kind of to trade a little nervous next week and put a lot of pressure on them to buy Monday. They don't buy early next week. and We we'll get good crop progress reports, you know, this is a, uh, a market that I think could fall, you know, down to the eight thirties and your target. Um, so selling a nine bucks is an attractive level, but uh, I think, if you're willing to take the risk that you have a supply, I think it'll
10: be a decent price in the fall. You know, we're also seeing the U.S. dollar come back around as the U.S. House representative says they're going to go ahead and cancel that August recess. So it looks like that opportunity for more stimulus money is coming down the pike. Is this good for commodities or bad for commodities?
11: Oh boy, I mean, longer it's bullish every day. You know, I mean, it gets not nailed down, go up in price. But in the short run, the problem with commodities – and I don't say commodities in general, but we we figure out that if you fix the supply in the short run, you can kind of keep the price steady. But in the, in the ag space, that's difficult because there just isn't uh, there's storage for it with multiple crop eaters and you have merchandise and that So uh So the worry I think I have is more in the energy space. Honestly, I think those markets are, are going to start to fall apart here if, you know, the coordination doesn't continue. So – Looking at OPEC would be one, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of just going out quickly selling crude oil here, but, you know, you look at the December contract right now, was trading in the mid 40s, I think by between now and the election, we could easily see policy change and have prices come off there. So... Uh, the good news is livestock is up, so I'll leave you on that note. it's something you can go home, with and be happy if you got cattle on the field that they're, they're rallying. So hopefully next week a little bit better for the ag.
10: And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Do remember, trading futures and options of all risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. All right, thank you very much, Clay. Well, that'll wrap up today's Midday Program. If you miss anything from our Midday Program, not only today, but all week long, we podcast those available for
4: free on iTunes or krvn.com. Our Midday Podcast is sponsored by Deveni Motor.